You're listening to Let Me Tell You Why You're Wrong. Welcome to episode 164 of the Let Me Tell You Why You're Wrong podcast. I'm Dave Roberts. With me is my podcast partner in crime, writer, journalist, published author, Jessica Salagi. Hey, Dave. What's up? Oh, what a week. What a, what a week, week indeed. Yeah, uh, work-wise, uh, everybody turned their ACs on, so we, we've been crazy. Uh, went from last week, uh, talking about how cold it is, to this week, everybody's losing their minds because it's, t- it's touching 80. I know. And, and I'm thankful. Work, work, work. Well, I, I profit off the suffering of others. <laughs> That's terrible. <laughs> how was your week? It was fine. Um you know, it was Easter and my mom's birthday is the, I think two days after yours, but, um, just enjoying the legislature being out and just dealing with the normal terrible, terribleness of the news as opposed to the, what is inflicted upon us from our state lawmakers. And sorting it out. Yeah. Uh, it, I'm not using it this week, but my parents got me a, a new podcasting mic for, for my birthday. So I'm not sure if they listen to it and they're like, Dave, your audio is awful. Here's a new mic. <laughs> I don't think your audio is awful. No, no. No, but uh, Shane Hazel did come on and make both of us sound like amateurs. Well, it's which, Shane Hazel. Which we are because we don't make any money off of this. <laughs> quite quite the contrary. <laughs> Yet here we are. So we have Florida lawmakers cracking down on secret snitches. Yeah, this is a weird one. It was kind of one where when I was reading about it, I went back and forth on what I thought. Yeah, we have two state bills uh, generally prohibit local code enforcement officials from acting on anonymously reported violations. Uh, the idea behind it is banning anonymous complaints uh is to eliminate the ability uh, of people to file frivolous complaints against their neighbors. Well, which is something that I feel like everybody would support. Like nobody thinks something should be, or that, you know, you should use the government to harass your neighbors. But the, the Senate version of the bill which is by Senator Jennifer Bradley would forbid city and county code inspectors from acting on complaints about code violations unless the complainant provides their name and address. Um, so if someone just calls and I guess leaves a message or sends an email or something um, and all of that would be subject to open records and I'm not saying it shouldn't, but I mean that, that just exacerbates the, unnecessarily in my opinion it exacerbates the possibly contentious um relationship between neighbors as it is if we're going to say that uh property codes are legal which is a big if <laughs> you you have a right to face your uh face your accuser but it's not a crime it's not a crime Right, I understand it's not a, it's not a crime. It's a it's a civil complaint, but it's I don't know, man. I I I'm not super into uh, into either way on it. I'm kind of see where you are going back and forth. Is you 
we certainly would not want to apply this to the criminal code. If you see something going on outside your window, you're not obligated to, to give your name. Uh, if uh, if you don't see, you see gang activity outside, you definitely don't want the gang members getting your name. Well, in, in the act, yeah, that's totally a great example. But the the language of acting on complaints, which would you know include preliminary investigations or anything beyond weeding them out because they don't have names and contact information attached to them is just a slope that slants all the way to the ditch in my opinion and the exception the 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 law has an inspection where the inspector can um i guess override the anonymity if they if the inspector believes that reported violation poses an imminent threat to public health, safety, or welfare, or the imminent destruction of habitat or sensitive resources, you know, that puts, like, all the discretion in the hands of the inspector. Which, which they already have. Which they, exactly. But, like, I mean, also, if there's an, a, a severe threat to public health, safety, and welfare, I don't know. I just, I don't like it. I don't like it. And I, I can't really articulate why. I just really don't like it. Well, what this is trying to fix is there's a, you have to understand Floridians. How do you um, do that? <laughs> I don't know. One? Yeah, well, I, I are one and I don't understand the Floridians. There's, there's a very litigious thing around Florida, especially when you start talking about um, a lot of these communities where if your if your lawn is is a quarter inch out of spec, they want to call, but nobody has the the courage, their convictions to be able to go to their neighbor and say, "Hey, you know, you had the recycling out on trash day and the trash out on recycling day, or you know, the your trash can was out for two days. You know, it's only supposed to be out uh, within six hours of when it's picked up. Whatever their whatever the local codes are, and there's a huge uh, uh, contingent of litigious people that will uh, uh, use the government." To do that, but uh, to say if you do see something that is a health violation, uh, somebody's got their septic tank leaking in, into into a waterway, so something extreme like that, you, you certainly want to be able to make the complaint without have having to go to you know full Hatfield and McCoy with your neighbor. So I, I watched that that documentary on the uh the avenues not the avenues that's a shopping center out here uh um, the villages and the cult-like stuff they have going on there but they have their own internal stuff with hoas that really they use to hammer each other with but it's a very florida thing to do that i, I don't know that it's I'm not living down there I don't, I don't know if it's enough of a problem to justify a new law you can't just tell somebody to stop being a jackass Or, I mean, quite quite honestly, the I, I feel like it would be used um, maybe more more sparsely and and would be more effective would be to punish people for the frivolous complaints. I mean, well, sure, but you, you don't. You're not going to punish anybody if you're just getting a phone call or an email from from a Gmail account or something like that. That says, "Hey, go to one two three Smith Street, and their their crabgrass is out of control, or uh, they still have the Christmas lights up, and it's January second, or something like that." 
there's 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 no recourse because you have no idea who the hell they are. Sure. I mean, the obvious solution is to have fewer. If this is such a problem that it needs to be reeled in, then give code in code enforcement. People are just bogged down and can't get through the weeds. Ha. Pun intended. Um, then then take away some of their authority and stop giving them so many things to enforce. I mean, that's unless it has to do with public health, safety and welfare. Generally, they shouldn't be doing there shouldn't be a code to. Right. Don't don't damage my property. Right. Uh, obviously, Florida has has a lot of wetlands. Uh, you obviously don't want sewage going into the canals and stuff. Uh but that really needs to be left up to the local boards. Well, did you see the House Companion has a, it's the Tony, the Overdorf gentleman from Palm City. He said that um, his version of the bill would make it the anonymous complainant liable for any costs a city or county accrued investigating baseless complaints made by people who falsely expressed fear of retaliation. So, like, if somebody wanted to be com- anonymous and said they were doing it because they were scared someone would retaliate. But then there's not a real sense of retaliation. Like who who are, who is the government to decide? I'm not, I'm yes. People wrongly claim these things all the time, but where is the state stepping in to say, well, that was not a legitimate fear, not substantial. And you and I talked before the show about tort reform is everybody is all for tort reform until they feel wronged and, and they want to file a lawsuit. And, who you know, who is a single judge to decide if this is frivolous or not? You know, you, you're do your day in court. So you're right. I, I don't want... And the person at Palm City may think that something is totally baseless and the person in, in West Palm Beach says, no, 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 That's abs- they absolutely should get a warning or a ticket. And, and maybe it's because I, I, I live with... Uh, decent governance in Paulding County that I see code enforcement officers typically knock on the door and give a warning. Yeah. Same thing with animal control. Hey, your dog needs to be on a leash. No, we're not going to take him to the pound right now. No, we're not issuing a ticket. Just be aware the dog that you need to maintain control of, of your animal it must be on your property at all times. You know, typically the, the first visit is not an ugly one. It's just a, hey, don't do that again. Right. They document that they stop by and, and usually you're given a, and again, I am certainly not justifying code enforcement because I think, you know, I, I despise the premise of them, but you're usually given a fairly generous um, time frame to resolve the issue if it is. Well, if you've ever seen uh, Penn and Teller's bullshit, mm-hmm. it was a great series. And one of them, they, they documented uh, an older guy who was thrown in jail for contempt of court for not getting his yard into code. You know, of course, obviously, they can't throw you in jail for having weeds in your yard, but they th- they threw him in jail for contempt of court, and he kept saying, "I'm trying." I had people donate some some sod to try to try to try to get everything done, but you know, I, I, as I recall, he was disabled in some way and didn't have the money to pay a service to come out once a week. And and he then he got slapped with contempt of court, which is the highest of all BS charges because it doesn't require uh, any due process before taking away your freedom. Right. But staying with the Florida theme, uh, what no one is talking about the Sugar Daddy website from the Matt Getz scandal. Bless his heart. 
Florida Representative Matt Goetz uh, remains in the hot seat following a New York Times report that the DOJ is investigating whether he had sexual relationship with a 17-year-old and violated federal sex trafficking laws. Ooh. I think he's screwed. Obviously. Oh, wow. (laughs) (laughs) My, my. That was terrible. You asked for that one. Mm -hmm. Uh, Details have trickled out that he had a lurid personal life. Now, before I read this, uh, I looked into Getz real quick. It does not appear he's married. I'm not excusing going across state lines to go sleep with a 17-year-old. I'm just, before we get into any of the the moral issues, understand that he's not married. He is a single guy. Uh, allegedly showed nude images of people he claimed to have sex with to fellow fellow lawmakers in Congress. Um... I mean, that's so that's what the media is reporting. And of course, I'm not saying it's not true or it's okay, but we also don't know like the context of those nude images. I mean, like revenge porn is a thing, and there's a a congresswoman who's or a former congresswoman who's dealing with that right now with her little love triangle thing. But I, I mean, that first of all, that's not necessarily a crime. No, no, it's not a crime. It still it makes you a scumbag if uh, someone shares an intimate photo with you and say this is for your eyes only. If, and if that's what happened, I totally If agree. that's what happened, I have no idea. Right. <clears throat> Invented a game while serving in the Florida State Legislature in which representatives earned points for having sex with aides, interns, and married colleagues. That's uh, total creepster. <sighs> Now he's as I as I recall, he's thirty eight years old. This is not a kid. This is not you know not to just make it right, but uh, testosterone's a hell of, hell of a drug. It's not like boys in high school, you know, a la uh, American Pie, coming up with, with some challenge to see if uh, you know if they if they can if they can get lucky and with whom and how many cheerleaders. It, Still makes it disgusting, but you understand that coming from teenagers, not from someone in his 30s. Now, he's 38 now. I don't know when this started. Right. Uh, used with the website, quote, seeking arrangement, end quote, to find women to have sex with in exchange for money. Huh. I mean, seeking the, the- arrangement. The website, you know, everyone wants to make it sound like the website is prostitution, but I mean, that you could never prove that in court. No. Not if he had a sugar baby. Well, and apparently that's what this is. It's, it's a dating website dedicated to matching financially well-off sugar daddies with attractive sugar babies seeking partners who can provide them with the finer things in life. <laughs> I love I love the part where it talks about what you put on your profile and you pick the gender you're seeking and then you 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 check a box whether you're looking to meet someone who has quote success and wealth or looks and, ch- and charm as if like the success and success and wealth part um it, they're like they're, they're like they're mutually, mutually exclusive. exclusive. Yes, yeah. I just love it. It kills me. It kills. Me. I mean, not everybody has it all like I do. Oh lord. Uh, 
the the site has uh, twenty million users. Now I take that I take that with a grain of salt because I think sites like that are full of bots. You think? Oh yeah, uh, this is going to be your Nigerian scams, uh, that kind of stuff. Looking, uh, you're shattering some hearts right now. <clears throat> Am I? Mm-hmm. Well, that's what they found out about the Ashley Madison thing. Yeah, but there was, were some legitimate people on there, there, there too. There was some legitimate stuff going on there, but from everything I read, it was it was full of bots. It was like ninety percent dudes. Right. Because because women, first of all, women don't need to go on a website to find a man. All a woman has to do is say yes. May have to lower her standards, but all a woman has to do is say yes. Uh, Wade, Wade has lamented the site prohibits users for, from paying for sex and that is not an outlet for sex work. I don't know where... It's one of the reasons I, I, I don't like more morality laws at all is it's not, it's not the government's business uh, how transactional sex is between consenting adults. If... If you if you take uh, if I were to take a woman to obviously the woman I'd be taking to chops would be my wife but if I were single and I were taking a woman to chops she's like oh man that's a nice dinner well uh, well let's go back to your place is it transactional no everyone would agree it's not is this transactional probably to a certain extent you're gonna pay for my apartment you're gonna buy you're gonna buy me a car you're gonna you're gonna put me up and then all I all I gotta do is sleep with you right. So I, there is a transactional uh, tone to it. Does it does it meet the legal definition of of uh, prostitution? Probably not. And look, this guy knows the laws. I would say he knows it. He at least was educated in the law. He, uh, after graduating with his undergrad at FSU, that girls' school in Tallahassee, uh, he went to uh, William and Mary Law School. Yeah, that surprised me a little bit. You think a learned member of the bar would be a little more discreet? Yeah, cover your behind a little bit more. Also, you don't do stuff like start sex games with other legislators. Look, if this is your bag, if if having a, a sugar baby is your bag and and you're single or you're in an open relationship and that's that's just your thing, do it, do it discreetly and leave everybody else out of it. But going around and you can't think it's not going to get back to to leadership in Congress that you're showing nudes. You you can't assume that those people are always going to be your allies. Like when this type type of thing starts happening, everybody comes out of the woodwork with what they know. You know. Yeah. Look at Cuomo. Yeah. Everything was all fine and good as long as everybody had a common enemy in the White House. As soon as that ended, the knives came out, buddy. But I have been seeing a lot of emails from. The Getz team looking for donations because they're out to slander him. Oh, yep. And I, I, I until I saw the story, I wasn't paying a whole heck of a lot of attention to it. Uh, I just, I get, I get solicitations from all sorts of candidates because because I've made donations in the past. But they're out to get me. The liberals are out to get me. Ah, man, if half this is true, they got gotcha. you. Well, and people don't want to donate right now when it's when it. When they're not sure. Right. Well, Secret says it allows people to get to know each other over time. 
No secret will happen. Uh, what will happen? Things understood what's supposed to happen, but it's never really necessary, necessarily said. The lack of explicit quid pro quo often means these relationships are legal or at least very difficult to prosecute as pros- prostitution. It's prostitution. So it's not. Le- I just. I, I, I don't care. Don't get me wrong. I don't care. As long as everybody involved is a consenting adult, I don't care. But how do you? I mean, how do you pinpoint? Like, if somebody people have gotten married from that website. So, I mean, to suggest that people like, how do you prove that they didn't meet and then just decide that they weren't they met on that site? I mean, well, it gets into the whole discussion of like, where's the victim and why would the state be involved in and all of that in the first place? But no, uh, the victim is always the uh, the the prostitute is almost always the victim. And that person's being victimized because of government. But this this arrangement, you're right. Anna Nicole Smith. Uh, there's, I mean, very little chance that she just fell in love with some dude in his eighties. But this is this is an old story where families would marry off their daughters to well off uh, older men because they knew they'd be taken care of. Hell, after we get our first form of of veterans payments after the Civil War, you saw these seventy year old guys with big long white beards. Marrying 16 and 17 year olds, some even younger, because they knew that they'd be taken care of for the rest of their lives. After they were widowed, they would they would continue to receive the veterans benefits. I mean, this is it's a very old story. I just I, I can see the the moral issue. And, and I have no idea what kind of campaign gets ran if, if he if he ran a holier than thou campaign or if he ran a small government campaign. If he was on the small government end of it. Uh, there might be a way out. If he crossed state lines or international border uh, to uh, in order to have an affair with someone underage, because you know every every state has its own legal age age of consent. And I think mm-hmm. seventeen in Georgia is is well above it. Um, I still say you need something something else to talk with her about after like you know the other twenty three hours a day. What the hell do you talk to a seventeen year old about Teletubbies? Boy bands? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> so, uh, but if that if that's his bag, man, if the DOJ gets him, he's hosed. Because we both know that the U.S. attorney doesn't indict unless he's got a solid, solid case. The rest of it, I think, is ancillary. I think it's uh, people in, in the media taking too much joy and getting into somebody's personal life. Uh, how exactly it broke. I, I'm sure there were whispers about what Getz was doing ar- around the house chambers with showing pictures and stuff like that. And obviously, somebody may in Florida made it leak out that uh, some of the lawmakers were playing a game with trying to rack up points for sleeping with uh, with AIDS, which I think is could be a uh, a uh, ethics violation. But I, I don't know if he was sleeping with his aide or somebody else's, and that and yes, that does make a difference whether whether this person is is his subordinate or not. He plainly deny or flatly denies everything. I mean, he all of it, which is interesting too, because a lot of times you see where they're like, well, you know. Yeah, my personal life. My per- personal life is personal. Yeah. And I will endeavor to represent the people of my district the best that I know how. But please respect my privacy. And that would have been it. I'm single. Leave me alone. 
I mean, you saw the Bob Kraft go into a whorehouse thing disappeared real damn fast. Because he was single. He's a widower. Poor guy. He and just wanted companionship. He, he also has more money than the municipality had to prosecute him. Bob Kraft has F.U. money. And there, that, that, there's a big difference between having money and F.U. money. Of course, we thought the same thing about Epstein, but... Huh. And he didn't hang himself. <laughs> this is a good time to remind you that these are our opinions and not those of anyone not on the show or any respective company for which we may work, own, or otherwise associate ourselves with on a regular or, or irregular basis. Or any company that we may have previously been associated with. Or Publix, because that's that's where I buy my groceries, or anybody else, I, any other person I spend money with. <laughs> is it is it a pleasure to shop there? Uh, less and less every day, but it's <laughs> the best we got. We're getting a Publix in Statesboro. It's big news. I was so happy when Publix came to Georgia. My first birthday cake I got from uh, uh, Kroger. I mean, I was upset. I mean, this 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 this, this is not good because I, I just grown up on on Publix stuff. That's funny. Yeah, uh, Connie and I had a friend who owns a owns a bakery, makes custom cakes, and for the for our, for our wedding cake, I wanted Publix. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So we have vaccine passports. Like the headline, I feel like everyone is talking about this everywhere. So we have arguments for passports. Uh, the argument is. That if people aren't vaccinated, there will be a new strain, which the current vaccine doesn't protect against, and we're back where we started. Which is so stupid, because if it's a new strain, then the vaccine isn't effective for that strain, and so the people who are vaccinated will get it. Like, that's that's how the flu works. That's how the flu vaccine works. Also right. a virus. So I don't really like that argument. Um, no, it's weak. It's a weak argument. Uh, the, Of course, their argument back to that would be, well, we don't have anywhere near 80% of flu shots either. Maybe we could eliminate people did worldwide. And I don't necessarily think that's true, but that's the devil's advocate part of it. Well, we're manipulating. I mean, when you talk about a, a virus and, and anytime you manipulate something, you're going to cultivate an environment where it could be, where it could adapt and morph and evolve. So, I mean... Like, if if you're just talking about this specific strain, then I I hear you. Um, I don't like the, the the notion that like good people, good citizens, people who care about others, are the ones that get vaccinated because there's lots of reasons that people don't get vaccinated, and those reasons are really nobody's business at all. Um, I, I don't. I'm not anti-vax across the board, but I I think people have you know what for whatever reason. They have the ability to say no, and this isn't like a herd immunity situation when you're talking about a virus. It's just not how it works. So, But if the current vaccine doesn't protect against a new strain, then the vaccinated people will get the new strain regardless of whether or not people are vaccinated. Yeah. Man. I have not been vaccinated. And I'm sure I'll, I will have to before I leave the country. Because I've said before, that it's going to be a condition of travel. Well, there's a cruise line that's already, was it Norwegian? They've said that you have to be vaccinated. 
And that's absolutely their right as a private corporation. If they want only people with blue shirts, they they have the right. So I agree with you in premise, but there was an argument that I was watching and somewhat participating in on Facebook the other night where somebody said something. She Basically, this woman wanted, um, and this wouldn't apply to cruise lines because of the international waters thing, but her, her comment was that she wanted Governor Kemp to prohibit businesses from requiring vaccine passports because of HIPAA and other privacy concerns and that those companies cannot demand medical information um, for people to to patron their business. Um, and again, it, it, um, irrespective of the mess of international waters, like that's an interesting concept. That is an interesting concept, but it's a private transaction. You can you can require anything you want. But I think that we're going to head that could get us right squarely back in the situation we're in um, with tech platforms, which is what a lot of people have argued, which is when there's no other. And again, I'm not I'm not saying that this woman's right in her argument. I'm just discussing it. But you, you end up right back in the position of, well, there are no other options. There are no other grocery stores. There are no. Do you have to go out to eat? No. Do you need to be able to get groceries? Yes. There's no doctor's office that will see you. I mean, what happens if... And and I'd like to believe that the there would be people in the free market who, like, there are doctors that would choose to help those or to serve those people and that there'd be grocery stores that would... That demographic and serving them. Like, I, I would like to think that the free market would, would accommodate, but what happens if it doesn't? Like, then what? Then how do you argue that a private business can demand public health information. I mean, do we end up with government grocery stores? Like how far down the rabbit hole does this crap go? Well, we already have a solution to a lot of it, which is curbside pickup, delivery services. And look, if you, there are, there are people that cannot wear masks. And around here, I haven't seen very many, you know, psycho mask people. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I wear a mask when I go when I go to Publix because it's a pri- it's private property and it says please wear one, so I do. Right. Now that's that's their free, freedom to do it. But if I did not want to, or if I was not able to, there's a there's an app to go on, order my stuff, and pull up, pull right up into a a, a slot and tell them I'm there, and they'll bring the groceries out and stick stick it in the uh, trunk. Okay, but what if? So here's the the second tier of that, which is if somebody is has a medical condition that prohibits them or cause I, I have a friend whose doctor has recommended that she not get the vaccine until more time has passed and they can see how people with her condition um, react to it or, you know, he just didn't want her. He, he has advised her not to get it right now. So what happens when someone like her cannot go to one of these facilities because they don't have the vaccine, but the only reason the business knows that is because they've demanded her health information. Like then you end up with ADA stuff and, and discrimination. Like we're right. I, I get what you're saying, like in the ideological, the purity, but in terms of implementation, it sounds like a litigious nightmare. It does. Uh, our, another argument in favor is don't people have the right to be safe? Don't no. people have a right to, if, if they've had the vaccine, to come in and know other people have been vaccinated too? No. No one has the right to know if someone else is vaccinated. Not just that. People throw around the word right. Yeah. 
uh, incorrectly. You don't have a right to know anything about your neighbor. No, that's I mean, let's let's face it. The the argument is I mean, the the argument in favor is is really there isn't one. The the idea of a passport is to encourage or incentivize people subliminally to get the vaccine. Like it's a it's a coercion method. Because people function in, in group think and mob mentality and what's my neighbor doing and, oh, there's a group of 10 of us and I'm the only one that doesn't have my passport, so I better go get in line. Like, it, it's and, – and that might be that might be fine. It might be a just. It might be a noble reason. I don't – I'm not – irrespective of that, that's what it is. And to imply that this is somehow because people have rights to know what I am doing with my body or that this is about some new strain or the threat of X, Y, and Z is total crap. Well, the oh, – I got something from a friend of mine that said – all, all growing up, I heard, don't let people use peer pressure to get you to use experimental drugs. 2020, ah. everybody's using peer pressure to push uh, experimental drugs. Well, you've, I'm sure your Facebook feed is just as full of people with their selfies and their vaccine card. Like, in what universe are we, did it become the thing, the cool thing to do to post a selfie with your no one's posting their STD tests or the clean HIV card saying, no, I don't have HIV or AIDS. Like, do you remember it wasn't even it hasn't even been that long since you didn't discuss those types of things with anyone other than your intimate partner? You also didn't discuss things like going on unemployment and stuff like that. You just you didn't discuss it. <clears throat> when I was growing up, if a man lost his job, he still got dressed and left to work, left for work every day because no one wanted the neighbors to know. How long ago uh, did, was that, Dave? It's a long time. <laughs> did you know? Did you know it is okay to be vegan and not tell everybody? Right, it's like CrossFit. Yeah, I, 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 it, I did ten miles of the gym. Okay, congratulations. Yeah, uh, you can you can do things without telling everyone. You you can you can go out to eat, get a steak without taking a picture of it and putting it on Facebook before you take your first bite. But that's where we that's where we've come is is everybody's worried about government surveillance. Big brother is is social media. Yeah. You know, well and it's cool people, to tell everybody. It's it's cool. If you don't, like, oh, if you haven't posted your selfie, you must not have been vaccinated. No, I just, you know, have a private life. Well, and uh I know somebody who was supposed to was supposed to be at a uh, concert with friends and one of the friends posted a selfie with him standing with a different chick. Like, ooh. That's not good. Yeah, that'd be bad. So the arguments against, you know, the papers please argument. Which and I you you can't discount it. I mean, I don't care how many times the Biden administration or the CDC or Fauci or whoever whomever this week is saying it says we're not having a system that does this. We're not having cards and credentials and passports. They can't tell me that they're trying to streamline the process and have a standard vaccine certification, but yet they're not going to maintain a database. Like, I don't, it doesn't matter what you're planning to do with it or if you're going to mandate it or what, you're still doing it. Yeah. First of all, I saw DC a week or two ago came out that they were going to block travel to DC unless you've been vaccinated. Uh, outside of going for work, 
or going for like a funeral, something like that. Uh, and then you're supposed to restrict all your activities in the district to to uh, uh, the reason you're there and not, not be going out to the Smithsonian or whatever. And my only argument to that is they can't. You can't require papers to travel within the United States. Well, there's already been a couple, and I'm not refuting what I don't, I, I'm totally in agreement, but um, there's already been several like op-eds from attorneys and con, con law professors and stuff saying that they can probably get by with it because of the public health element and the public health emergency. And I mean, that's how many, we've been hearing that crap for a year. Yeah. Well, as soon as you put emergency on it, we, we can take away all your rights. Mm-hmm. Uh. We have uh, will prolong, prolong lockdowns, impacts of lockdowns by keeping uh, some people out of the economy. It's true. I I, I think that's the that's, most compelling that's a strong reason. Argument. Yeah, I mean, not that rights and and individual liberty aren't important, but that's something that. How do you say no? It won't. <laughs> how do you say? How do you say that won't keep people home? It won't. You know, I mean, you're isolating. You're isolating people into two groups, the jabbed and unjabbed. I'm going to leave that one alone. Uh, then, of course, we have the medically fragile and religious concerns. Again, that's nobody's business. Right. The medically fragile, absolutely. There are people that should not be getting even a deactivated virus pumped into their body. We also have concerns... Uh, over some of the side effects that go with it. Jabo Wages, Jimmy Wages, who championed the, the medical marijuana, uh, has, a, has a disabled daughter that you know, he attributes to vaccines. He said he saw the change in her after, after she got, and I don't know which vaccine it was. It was obviously one of the early childhood vaccines. And it was one of the reasons that you know, he pushed so hard for the medical marijuana is it helps her. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the one thing that helps her with seizures. But there are concerns over stuff like that. What are the long-term effects? Well, there are people. Um, I mean, it, it doesn't mean you have this. You, you believe that all vaccines cause autism. Like there are people who are harmed by vaccines. That's why there's a, a federal fund to compensate people um, who are because it, it does happen. And um, again, I mean. If somebody wants to wait it out, like even if they're just like, yes, I want to get it, but I, I want to wait, that should be okay. And that's where I am on it is, like I said, I, I've already booked a trip and I know, it, it, look, when you leave the country, all protections are off. You sure. obey the laws of that country. And when you and go on it, a cruise, you have absolutely no protections, like truly, but. Right. And but cruise ship too is stopping typically in, in different countries that all have different requirements. Uh, in order to get those ports open, that may be a, a a condition of getting those ports open is everybody on the ship will be vaccinated. Now, do I think it sucks that it's going to limit people that that are you know med- medically at risk? I mean, honestly, who spends the most on cruises? The retired. Yeah. The old folks, and those folks very well may well have a a doctor in their ear saying, "Look, you really until we figure out how this is going to affect you, you really don't need it. Uh, don't you know you, the your risk of dying of COVID is much lower than your risk of having an adverse reaction to 
to this vaccine. And look, it's not even you, you can't even shop the vaccine. You can't you can't go to to the pharmacy and say, uh, well, what do you have? John, I don't want Johnson and Johnson. I, I, I want the Moderna. Well, they either have it or don't. And I think the research on this was rushed. And you, there's some things you can't rush. And, and science is one of those things. Well, there's lots of things that are good for some people and not for everyone. Like, I mean, when you're just talking about medically, I just, you just can't, you just can't, you can't, you can't. And again, I understand that the argument right now is that, or not the argument, but the, the federal government right now is saying, we're not going to do that where, you know, we have no plans to support a system that does that, but states are talking about it. States are implementing it. New York has already, um, done their little digital vaccine passport with the QR code. And sure, it's not for everything, but it's for big venues and um, gatherings and things. And, you know, my whole thing with the the apps and the, the tech hosting of it is just kind of like what we've talked about on the show with the DNA companies, like they can change their terms of service. And then suddenly your information is being shared with law enforcement Um because they have that open agreement the way that Google nest and um, what is the other one ring, you know, that they, they have law enforcement partnerships and just because you opt into something like once you give them your information, it's there forever. And if they change their terms of services, you don't get to take back your information. You've, you've handed it over. Yeah. And, and the government shouldn't be sharing with that. And in New York of all places, you know, they are, they're, app which is produced i mean it's it's their app but it's privately held does not say whether or not they share it or if law enforcement has access to it there is no private information of course not if if it's out there it's out there it's just whether or not someone has the the motivation to dig enough to find it the motivation and the resources to do that and law enforcement absolutely does uh Massachusetts is also considering doing something similar to New York. Uh, Not which doesn't shock me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, Biden administration has been trying to find a way towards standard for vaccine certification for the uh, the federal government will not issue a vaccine passport uh, per uh, Jen uh, Saki. Which, man, we really did take a step down in White House press secretaries. We really did. Yeah, she's terrible. Oh, I mean, with her binders of of nothing she can ever find, where Kylie McInerney was a super uh, bright lady. Uh, I and I and I don't know how much of what uh, Secretary Saki's problems are. It could be that she doesn't have the latitude that McInerney had. That she's given specific talking points that she's not allowed to vary from, and that's. Quite possible. Yeah. So she may leave the White House at some point and, and write a tell-all. Who knows? But, well, what's but she is she's absolutely awful at that job. And and you kind of, you I mean, you already were pretty clear. Once you leave the boundaries of our country, you, you have no protections and everything. But I think it's interesting to look at what other countries are doing because, well, for starters, um, we, we don't live in a world where we we stay put, but also people are looking at who's leading and, and mimicking it. So like the ones that come out front first, they're the ones that are more likely to, 
have the plan that's going to be copied. Um, and Israel, I think, I think they were the first ones to, to institute this, but they have their green pass, which is a QR code. Um, and it shows that you've either been vaccinated or you recovered. Um, and you can, they have some exceptions as well. Like if you're not vaccinated, you can eat at a restaurant, but you have to sit outside. But, but, good, but good does thing that, you're in a desert. <laughs> right. But I mean, like sitting outside, like, does that mean that when people, and, and again, it doesn't matter. It's not government's problem if this is that, to control what people think, but you're, you're just this societal concept of like seeing people sit down a patio. You're like, oh, those must be the, the have nots. <laughs> the unwashed. Right. Uh, Yasmin Sirhan said, it splits society into the jab and jabless, which you, which you said, creating the perception of vaccine uh, is de facto compulsory. And those who refuse one will face social exclusion. That division, public health experts warn, could entrench inequalities and dissuade vaccine hesitant populations pre- precisely when governments need to shore up their confidence. Israel's government-validated vaccine certificate program is under scrutiny not only for draining smartphone performance and memory, but for being a closed-source program. It's it's unclear uh, where some of the data may be going. Well, that's scary. Right. I can just totally see this being some sort of situation where they're like, well, we didn't give your name or your birthday. We just gave what arm you got the shot in and if you're still alive or if you're using the passport, like it's just this lengthy list of, of privacy issues. And, and it's not even from the government standpoint, it's just from like a private companies aren't free of hackers ever. Like just this week or last week, excuse me, the emission system that holds the database for the state of Georgia was hacked. Like, who would have thought that anybody would give two craps about the emission system? I mean, I appreciate that they did it because I think it's garbage idea, especially when only some counties in Georgia are required to have it and blah, blah, blah. But, like, who who hacks the emission system? If they're, if they're willing to do that, they'll do anything. You know damn well the air in Metro Atlanta just stays in Metro Atlanta, doesn't travel anywhere else in the state. Well, that's true. <laughs> so Boris Johnson, the UK Prime Minister... Discussed COVID status certificates last week, which would be acquired through vaccination, a recent negative COVID-19 test, or proof of natural immunity, such as a positive COVID-19 test for the past six months. Uh, It would be required to access mass events, venues, including festivals, stadiums, and nightclubs. Uh, Would not apply to essential public services, such as supermarkets and public transport. Well, I, I I guess I guess that's better than what than what some some of the states are talking about here. Yeah, and again, you know, a mass. Well, they're a little bit different over there, but if we were to mimic something like that, by and large, you know, those places that they mentioned are private. But you, you get into the the. I had a conversation with someone about this as well. The stadiums and the. The facilities, the venues that have government subsidies, like the World Congress Center and and the, you know, they, they have tax dollars funneled into them. So you're going to tell me that they're because they're like a hybrid public partnership, private partner 
public-private partnership that they can tell me I can't come in without my, quote, passport, but that's not the government doing it, but the government kind of owns it and it's quasi- Private. Yeah, it's very similar conversation that we've had about guns and where you can carry where you can't. Mm-hmm. That I guess the truest park can can uh, can put up metal detectors and keep you out because they though they don't own it, they lease it. Uh, it's it, the the convoluted mental gymnastics that that go into to authorizing statism is, is amazing. But we we do have some state prohibitions. Uh, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis signed an executive order that prohibits any government entity from issuing them and businesses from from requiring them for their customers. He cited freedom and privacy issues. Which is interesting. It is. It's interesting that he went beyond. um, He went beyond. He went beyond his authority to issue a, to issue a, 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 executive order to tell businesses what they can and can't uh, require. I, th- I think he's outside of his authority on that one. You get, you get it back is, in the box. Yeah, exactly. Get back in your box. Uh, going the other way in a health crisis, you could, I, I understand the, again, the mental gymnastics, the, the legalese that would go into say, Oh, we're, we're addressing a public health crisis. And this is a state of emergency. Doing the reverse is really difficult. Uh, to to say he has the authority as as the state executive, uh, Texas Greg Abbott this week signed an order prohibiting the state agencies from requiring a vaccine for any service. Yeah, I think that's pretty pretty solid. Uh, his quote is: "Government should not require any Texan to show proof of vaccination and reveal private health information just to go about their daily lives." That's. I think that's a fairly reasonable and within the the authority of the executive branch of of the state of Texas to say you you know you you can't tell someone they can't go to public health because they they didn't get a vaccine. You can't tell somebody they can't go get a driver's license because they didn't get they didn't get a vaccine. That that to me sounds much more in line with what executive orders are designed to do, which is direct the agencies under the executive branch. Uh, of course, here, people are mad at Kemp for not issuing an executive order banning them, uh, despite his statements uh, that we will not have passports on his watch. Which I don't really think is fair, because, I mean, specifically, if and this goes well beyond Georgia, like, if the feds change their mind and decide to institute a, that, I mean, we don't, we are going to end up in court probably with states resisting but this the feds will override the state so so that's that's moot and then then there's the con the idea that the legislature went home to god be the glory and so there's no imminent threat like florida's legislature's in session i don't know if texas is or not and or if he was just pandering but DeSantis did that to stop the legislature from taking any type of action at all right wrong or indifferent that was his um his motive. We, our legislature is is home, and so at least, and barring anything from the federal government, at least until next January, we're in the clear unless they call a special session. And I feel sure that Kemp would act in that event. Yeah, well, we do have to have a special session, presumably before the end of the year, for redistricting. Yeah, but nobody would look good. I mean, I wouldn't put it past him, but none of them would look good bringing up COVID stuff in the, in the 
census-based session. I mean, it's supposed to be for a specific purpose and... Well, we have the private sector approach, privately held businesses uh, requiring uh, privately hosted verification. Which we've kind of already talked about. In, yeah. Ah. But, I mean, again, I got just a real, changing- I got a really the- need what you're selling for me to, to, to authorize carrying around my medical records on my phone. Yeah. I, I hate to sound like Alex Jones, but we are just, we are half an inch away from having a chip embedded under our skin. Just to go ahead and scan, to scan us, go, okay, you can come in. Then we'd have to worry about uh, personally being hacked. Yeah. Yeah. So we already have uh, people forging vaccination cards and you can buy them on Amazon like mm-hmm. everything else. Correct. Correct. And I knew this was this was going to be as soon as they say we're going to require. A, now I am not about to cross an international border with a with false falsified information. Well, but no, I, I, I mean I don't want to be on the wrong side of the border if if someone figures it out. Right. So it's it is a. Uh, um, it's funny. It's funny to me. I mean, it's, it's that quick. Are you going to require vaccination cards? All right, we scanned it in. Give us your name and address. And we'll pop it in there. Mm. Of course, you know, I don't, I don't like the idea of having to, to carry around an excuse of why I didn't get get vaccinated or, you know, I've got a I've got a compromised immune system, whatever else that you're going that, that we're, we're doing with this. I don't, I don't want to have to explain to a bouncer at a bar why I can't why I can't get the vaccine. So Jessica, you had a little a uh, uh, little interaction with Reopen Georgia. I did. I kind of touched on that as well too about them just saying that with private businesses, it's going to lead to discrimination and and issues with HIPAA and and I I I just think, you know, the courts are clogged enough. Like the number one reason that none of that, that this should not be a thing is because our we're facing a a backlog in the in the court system and we cannot afford to have any more garbage don't pick fights you don't need to is what you're saying yes uh, and if we, you're we really interested sex- in knowing just have them just check their twitter account we've had the same conversation about a lot of things that laws they pass that they know we're going to court you know you know it's going to cost us a fortune. You know it's going to clog up the the, the court system. Why why are you picking this fight now? Like, oh yeah, you want to get reelected? Never mind. Never mind. Hmm. Jess, do you have any final thoughts? No, I'm going to defer to you. I'm going to defer to you. So the North Las Vegas mayor uh, John Lee says he's becoming a Republican. Uh, this is shortly after uh, getting elected. So it kind of feel I think it probably feels like a bait and switch to the Democrats who voted for him. Uh, his quote is: "In the Democratic Party of Nevada, they had an election recently for leadership, and four of the five people were card-carrying members of the Socialistic Party. Uh, it's not the party that I grew up with 25 years ago. In this environment, it's not the party I can stand with anymore." End quote. I think both parties, I say both, uh, uh, the Republicans and Democrats, are both moving left. 
And the fact that the, the Democratic Party moved so far left that left this guy out in the cold and he felt he needed to jump ship. I don't mind someone reevaluating their their beliefs and their values and say, you know what, Th- these people over here more align with my values. But that's not what's happening is the, the Republican Party is, I said years ago, it left me, you know, with with their statism light. It's just that they're moving left at a slower pace than the Democratic Party. And then you, I have the libertarians on the other side, which honestly, if they don't find some people that aren't completely nuts to run, like, you know, vermin supreme, uh, you know, I, I, I don't know how valid that party will be. But I, I it's it's he's getting his 15 minutes, just like uh, uh, Vernon Jones is getting with with his leaving of the party. So. There you go. There's your there's your totally non-COVID related story. Woo! <laughs> I'm tired of say, saying COVID. I, I wish that never even made it into my vocabulary. So, thank you for listening. For Jessica Salaji, for Eric Cumbie, our editor, I'm Dave Roberts. Have a great week. Bye.